Howdy, it's Monday, October 18th, 2021, and this is episode 159 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. So, unfortunately, you've probably noticed that there was no pre-show content today, and there was also no intro music, and that's because before we get started, really, with this episode, we feel like we need to announce that Daryl McEwen, the writer of the AC Casino column and the 7 Star Insiders website, uh, he also had a very popular Twitter account that tracked some of this stuff, passed away on October 10th, he was 72. Yeah, I don't know, Craig. What do you want to say about Daryl and how important he really was to anyone who was a fan of AC for a long time? Well, Daryl would definitely want me to tell you that it was the Mr. AC Casino column and Seven Stars Insider websites to make sure that it's exactly right. That's right. But it's really hard to overstate how much he was a useful reference. I mean, anytime anybody asked for a room recommendation in any Caesars property, that was the place to go, the Seven Stars Insider website. Um, and just really a presence in the Atlantic City scene, a uh, presence in the general nationwide casino scene with Seven Stars Insider. So definitely will be missed. I think we only had the one interaction with him and he was super nice to us. Yeah. Drove us, I think, from Resorts to Caesars. It was Resorts to Caesars in a snowstorm. He tried to get us checked into our room early using his Seven Star status, which didn't work. And then met up with Eric Rosenthal. And I think we all ended up going up to the Seven Stars Lounge. So... It was good. I know I know Eric was also excited to, to meet Daryl. I mean, I know me and you long before we had the podcast, so pre-2015, like he was really our big reference for a lot of the stuff we were just talking privately about back then. Yeah, I mean, if you were interested in Caesars Entertainment rooms in Atlantic City, he had so much in-depth information about it. The amount of work he put into it was just incredible, and he will definitely be missed. Yeah. So we just want to give our condolences to his friends and his family and really anyone who benefited from what he was doing. And I'll link to an article uh, by Scott Cronick that is a really, I know they were friends, um, Scott Cronick, who wrote a very, very good article about him after he passed away. I'll link to that in the show notes. Anyway, we're definitely going to miss Daryl and just wanted to begin the podcast with us. There's no good way to segue into no. starting to talk about sort of lighthearted stuff, although I don't know how much the history stuff is lighthearted. Yeah. So 1859, since this is episode 159, the first black residents moved to Atlantic City. I'll link to an article by Levi Fox at shorelocalnews.com. I think Shore Local is actually a magazine for the Jersey Shore. A quote from the article, according to local historian Richland Goddard, both enslaved and free blacks built the Camden Atlantic Railroad. One of those railroad workers, Billy Bright, and his family became the first African Americans to settle in Atlantic City when they moved to a homestead on what is today Rhode Island Avenue in 1859. The reason that's really noteworthy is because by 1900, Atlantic City had the highest percentage of African Americans of any Northeast city. And I know that it gets talked about at some length in the Boardwalk Empire book by Nelson Johnson. He wrote another separate book that I don't own, but has been on my list forever called The North Side that talks way more in depth about that. Uh, So worth checking out and also a link to the article as well. And then there are a couple things in 1959. One of them that is not actually all that noteworthy is that on October 12th, then Senator John F. Kennedy spoke to the United Auto Workers Convention in Atlantic City. The only thing worth mentioning about it is that it was during his Democratic presidential primary campaign. Uh, And then the other weird thing, offshore again, I know we've gone offshore a couple of times in the last few episodes, but in March of 1959, a cruise ship collided with an oil tanker 22 miles east of Atlantic City. 
Did you read this article in gendisasters.com? I did not read it, no. The details, it happened around 3 in the morning while the, the cruise ship was returning to New York from a Caribbean cruise. There were 247 passengers and 265 crew members on board, which seems odd that there's more crew members than passengers. But there were no injuries on the cruise ship. The article on gendisasters.com is an Associated Press article, and it's a little weird because it initially describes the oil tanker as empty, but then you very quickly find out that someone actually died on the oil tanker, so there wasn't empty of people, but well, uh, oil. Well, yeah, which makes sense. If I heard that there was an empty oil tanker floating around, that would be the, the assumption I would have. Right. I mean, if you say an empty building, you mean sure. occupancy. But yeah, I guess you're right. But buildings hold people kind of by definition. If it's like an empty warehouse, like I, yeah, I may or may not point. assume that there's people in it. Because warehouses hold things. Oil tanker holds oil. Buildings kind of hold people if it's like a commercial building or a residential building. So, so there are some layers to the article where things get reported. And it seems like maybe it's more scandalous than initially thought. The cruise ship initially was reported as calling in that there was a collision with tanker, no distress. So that was the initial thing. The Coast Guard later said that the cruise ship's bow sliced halfway through the tanker in the engine room area, which seems pretty bad. And I'll quote this from the AP article. For some reason not explained at once, the first radio message from the Santa Rosa, which is the cruise ship, stated that the liner had been rammed by the tanker. This was changed in later communications. Probably when it became obvious that that story was just not going to check out. <laughs> yeah. It's like this tanker came out and attacked us. So it that's a little weird. With the broadside of it into the front of our boat. This was all like deep into the Google results, which I hope they're accurate because sometimes there's been a couple times where I found something like three pages in and then two episodes later I search and like a bunch of other sources have the thing that I said happened like happening two years later. Mm -hmm. uh, so now I really try to check to make sure the dates check out. Yeah, this doesn't seem like the sort of thing that's going to end up being the wrong date. The the tanker thing, anyway. I would hope. I do have to say about the 1859 stuff. I I think that is fairly interesting, and it, it sounds like it does seem that you know maybe some of the stuff we see in Boardwalk Empire of there being a fairly large black population in Atlantic City, I guess in the 20s when this was was shown, sounds like from what you're saying, it's pretty true to to history just for people who aren't the most up-to-date on kind of like U.S. history or demographic movement before, I don't know, it was mostly like 20s and 30s and 40s-ish. That's really when like a lot of black people moved from the South to the North. So before that, I don't think there were very many people up in cities, like black people in cities at all in the North. Yeah. But it was interesting that Atlantic City was one of the first big destinations for black people, basically. So very interesting. All right. So what news do we have? There's a lot of it. There is actually a surprisingly large amount. I feel like the last couple episodes, we've really struggled to even find news. Although I have to say that we recorded last episode two weeks ago, but it just went up like five days ago. So it's doing it right. Yeah. So there, there has been more time between episodes than it will seem like when this episode comes out. Yeah, that's true. So the first bit of news is that there's a new Lightning Link lounge at Bally's, and that may not mean anything to a lot of people, but Lightning Link is one of the most popular slot machines in any casino. I don't think I've ever played it. It's very boomer bust. You don't get much except for the bonuses, and then it's one of those games where it like locks the balls in place. You get three chances to get another ball, and it if you get another ball, you get three more chances. Or not three more, but it goes back to three chances. And if you get three in a row without getting a ball, you're out. And if you fill the whole screen, you get a mega jackpot. Uh, so 
there's a whole lounge dedicated to it. I was trying to figure out from the pictures on Twitter where it is. And where I think it is is where there used to be video poker machines between yes. the cashier's cage and the little – like it's only five stairs or something going up to the elevators to the Bally's Tower. That is what I think it is. That's what it looked like to me as well. I do not like the decor of the Lightning Link Lounge at all. It looks very... It looks like Lightning Link. It does. What more could you want? Everything's wallpapered with Lightning Link everywhere. With a Buffalo machine in the middle? Well, it's Buffalo Link. Oh. But I don't know if it's just for the pictures, but it looks extremely bright. And then, like, the Lightning wallpaper where the word Lightning is stated at least 40 times. Oh, yes. On the walls and on the ceiling. It's a little much for me. I'll still probably go check it out next time I'm at Bally's. You need to get your black card. That's true. And, I mean, Buffalo, if there's a Buffalo machine, I'm going to play it. I've heard of Buffalo lounges at places. I've never heard of a Lightning Link lounge. It's a new one for me. I've never heard of either. But, yeah, I know that people love the Lightning Link. Is that one of Vinny Chen's preferred machines? I don't know if he likes the Lightning Link. I know Mm. that Matt Bridger, Vegas vlogger extraordinaire, likes the link games like dragon link i like the dragon link more than lightning link but it's also extremely boomer bust like you can just go and lose 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 and get no bonuses that's fine that feels like kind of the point of slots to me i like the slots that you would want to put a dollar in and hit the spin button and get 95 cents back those are my favorite like the, the old that's like seal the deal you spin for 40 cents and you're getting like 28 cents back 38 cents back the worst and a big win my favorite's like oh you got me that time like it says at the top of the screen and it's for like a buck (laughs) ten that's the best when you get a coin show for just nothing for like four times your bet it's like yeah those are my kind of slots i'm actually on my phone right now is win slots auto spinning (laughs) on the most that style game i could find where you can just have almost no chips and it will just completely let you run through 500 auto spins what we should have with the listeners is just make an over under of when you stop incessantly playing win slots because here's the thing you played the whatever mgm slots on facebook my vegas my vegas for years literal years yeah like three years of you doing it non-stop in your browser window at work it was much easier to have it on in the background i think i said that last episode it was good when you started but even past the point of it not really being that useful anymore and like you having literal infinite points yeah, I'd say that nobody cares about this, but I think people actually really care about this. Yeah. So with My Vegas, and I expect win slots is the same way. If you got in to My Vegas on the ground floor, which you did pretty much, right? Yeah, I think I started within like weeks of when it launched. You could rack up so many loyalty points, which is what you actually need to like buy rewards. That I have so many loyalty points that I cannot spend them. Like it would be literally impossible to to spend through my loyalty points even with three or four Vegas trips, because you're capped at, th- I think, three redemptions per 90 days. So I, you just can't spend it. So I expect the same thing is true with win slots. Whereas now, it's much slower earn rate for the points that you actually get to use to spend things. They're called jams in win slots. And so with win slots, I'm coming in way later. I started very early in win slots, but I didn't earn enough before we went to Vegas to actually do anything with it. They changed it to now where you can't actually get anything without spending money. Like you have to spend probably 200 bucks to, to unlock two quote unquote free rooms, which is still a pretty good deal. But what I was saying to our friend Andy is just doing the math, depending on the offer, you can maybe get like 1.2 billion chips with $200. 
and that unlocks your free rooms. And you think like 1.2 billion chips, I'm going to get infinite LP. I have had 750 million chips and lost it in like a couple of days. And I only have 4,000 gems. I don't have enough to get even like a high demand weekend room. So there is no guarantee that you spend your 200 bucks and you're going to get the room. And that is where it's really like, I should probably stop playing this game because I'm not going to get anything out of it. But you're not going to stop. I'm not going to stop because the grinding of it is fun. Which is weird because I don't like that in video games. You're just like a disgusting bullshit. You know how many like months I talk to you and you're like just trying to get every single achievement or star or whatever in Zelda? Oh, that's true. I did I did a lot of grinding in Zelda. I did a ton of grinding in, in Yokai Watch 2. You're like the worst completionist that I've ever yeah. met. I don't like the grind, but like Pokemon, the grinding in Pokemon sucks. Like I just don't want to do it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's weird that I do like some of the grinding. I played another, the old Sega game, Shining Force. That had some grinding, got to level up to, to beat the final boss. Yeah, maybe I just really like grinding. But there are little things like bingo games and like little objectives and like collectibles and stuff in this game that are like right in my wheelhouse of like the total bullshit that I like in a, in a video game to keep me playing just long enough to like go back to my phone every time I get my wheel spin to get more chips. But I don't think I'm ever going to get a room out of it. Did you know there was an old NES game called, I believe, Casino Kid? I used to love that game. What? A, a child. I have to find this on an emulator and play it immediately. It's pretty good. I don't even really remember, which is going to make this just fantastic podcast content, but I don't even really remember. I think you had to beat three or four different games to reach the final part, which I don't even remember what it was, but there's like blackjack, whatever, like crap like that. It seems right up your alley, though. NES. When I was like six year old this is what i was doing with my life this game would never fly today in the united states of america are you looking it up i mean a game called casino kid would not be allowed casino kid nes the cover is fantastic by the way it's like all clip art words 21 dollar sign poker oh boy yeah roulette poker Mm. so good oh just seeing these awesome sprite graphics do you see the logo the golden crumbs casino that is the golden gate i mean the uh golden nugget logo (laughs) (laughs) uh with the plaza right behind it it's fantastic it's so good casino kid now we know there should be we should do a whole podcast just like live playing casino kid and talking about it and the world famous mouse shoe hotel (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't even make any sense mouse shoe incredible I can't believe it's not on NES Online for Switch. Why can't I go play this right after? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder why NES, why Nintendo doesn't have that on their Switch store. Nintendo that makes you jump through all sorts, sorts of hoops just to live chat because they don't want people right. shit talking. You talking live to chat. like an eight year old? Yeah, yeah. But they would be like, "Here's Casino Kid." <laughs> oh boy! But like half naked anime girls is totally fine. Oh yeah, in some puzzle game for kids. <laughs> 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 That's just Japan, man. Uh. I've forgotten what we were talking about. Well, we were talking about the Lightning Link Lounge, and then we talked ah, about yes. Winslots. Which somehow led to My Vegas or Winslots. It's all I think about. Casino Kid. I know. Like, you're just a horrible human, and you will be playing Winslots for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, if you want to talk to me about any of these topics, I'm going to have a lot to say. Winslots, Atlantic <laughs> My City. Vegas. Yeah, we'll group My Vegas into that. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Leeds United. I'll have a lot of things to say. At least as far as I know, you're not still playing My Vegas, though I don't know that for a fact. I check in every now and again, and then I see how many chips I have, and I'm just like, there's no point in even playing. Like, I have, like, hundreds of millions of chips, and it's like, what game could I possibly even play that would be exciting? It's probably something. 
maybe that's like super high rollers. That's how they feel. Like yeah. I've got billions of dollars. Why would I even step in the casino for the stakes that they're offering? Let's talk about Nola's Lounge. All right. So Nola's Lounge, their grand opening is October 29 to 30. As far as I can tell, Craig, just from looking at the link that you provided, it looks like basically a cocktail lounge. I think it says it's going to be next to the Noodle Bar, which I embarrassingly don't remember the name of in Ocean. It's going to be open seven days a week until 1 a.m. on weekdays and 3 a.m. on weekends. So I know Paul, at least, will be very excited by this, uh, assuming it's decent. (laughs) Jen Bang is the Yes, Yes, of course. Yeah, the first thing I did when I saw this press release or whatever it is, this webpage, was send it to my brother and say, look at those hours, 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. The hope is obviously that they have good cocktails. I like that it's open seven days a week. I hope that they do not immediately scale those hours back. They are saying they're going to have live music, so there's like a little yes. stage at the end. I promise there will surely be live music at 12.30 a.m. on a Tuesday in December or something. Yes, no, that's definitely not going to be the case. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention in the trip report is that Paul and I went to Blush at Ocean, which used to be the wine bar on the mezzanine, and that promised to be a cocktail bar. But Blush is basically just overflow for HQ2. It's like right by the line to get into HQ2. So it's just people who are like not quite ready to get in the line who need to order a cocktail. And Mm. we went up and we asked the bartender, like, okay, you know, are there any cocktails you guys make that are like specialties? And she's like, nope. They're very much about volume, which makes sense given what the goal is. But what I was hoping was you know it was going to be like a place that you could actually sit at the bar and get a drink that is not at all what blush is but it looks like that is what nola's lounge is so i'm excited for it i I will definitely go see it out next time we are in atlantic city assuming we're not totally marina based which we are talking about but which by the way craig are you coming with me next weekend no i'm not there's all the kids halloween crap friday saturday sunday halloween stuff halloween stuff you're terrible. I have to actually be a parent for all that stuff. And I've got like an 1130 hockey game on the 29th, which is my favorite. Oh my God. You're the worst. I'm the worst at hockey. I'm really bad. Perhaps it's time to retire. Yeah, take a year and a half off at 37, 38 years old. It's not great. Time to hang up the skates. Speaking of Ocean, big news, I guess, because we knew that this was coming. Illich Holdings, who owns the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Red Wings, Little Caesars. Little Pizza. Caesars. Their purchase of 50% of Ocean has been approved. I keep seeing this reported as up to 50% of Ocean, but I feel like when they say that, they mean 50%. Probably. I will link to an article by David Danzis of PlayNJ.com. David Danzis back in the podcast where he deserves to be. Uh, They also sent an email about it saying that this has been approved. I don't think I got that. I got the email. It talked about how they're planning to complete the 12 unfinished floors of hotel rooms, which David Danzas also talks about. Uh, That's adding 464 rooms, which is a lot. 100 new suites on three floors. No timeline for any of that. I replied to that email because it didn't say do not reply on the email. I replied and said, will there be Little Caesars hot and ready pizza? They never sent anything back. Unbelievable. It's like they don't even want our business. You know what I actually want, though, is is not... Ju- I don't want it to just be at the district bars and restaurants, Little Caesars takeout place. Hmm. I want them to make a fancy sit-down Little Caesars restaurant and bar. I want to be able to order a beer and get a Little Caesars pizza 
with waiter service. I only want that if it's if it's not like artisanal Little Caesars pizza. Like no. it has to be Little Caesars hot and ready. Like you have to see the waiter walk over to like the heat box or whatever yeah. and open the door and take a pizza out. It, I would love that. The the other option, I mean, there, for a little while in New York City, there were a bunch of bars. There's probably everywhere where they had some stupid thing where if you bought a drink, they'd give you a ticket and then you could go back to the end of the, the bar, the very back of the bar, and you could give them the ticket and you'd get a little pizza. So I want that, but like, give me a slice of hot and ready pizza. It'd be great. That would never happen in a casino. They'd never do that. But these are brilliant ideas and I don't understand why I'm not hired as a consultant for Ocean. You probably should be. It's true. I do only say good things about Ocean. Yes. I mean, you probably stay there next time you go because that's the only place you ever stay. <laughs> it's the only place they give me comps. Well, Ocean, I mean, uh, Hard Rock's giving me some comps. Hard Rock emailed me saying that next week, the Thursday before you're going to the Borgata, I can go to a Van Winkle, Pappy Van Winkle tasting and five-course meal for 525 bucks. Do it. These usually sell out really fast. But five hundred twenty-five dollars is a lot of money. I mean, it's more—it's less than you'd spend on just. But it's buying, for Pappy, yeah. I mean, like the five if, drinks of Pappy for sure. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and you get five courses of, of food. I was looking at the five courses. I was like, these must be like sampler plates, right? Because yeah. I'd be full after the appetizer. I should go. You should go on a Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Is the day before I'm going? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's probably twenty-eighth by now. Mm-hmm. In that, when they sent the email, I clicked the link and it was running very slow, which I'm guessing means that people were like, oh, crap, I need to get on that. Oh, it's Pappy. People like the Pappy. I don't know. If they do like that. it. I've tasted it. I've never tasted it. I don't even like bourbon that much, honestly. So It's pretty good. I'm not the intended audience. Mm. But I know about Pappy. Should we talk about the other ocean news? Since we're talking only ocean on this podcast. Go, go right ahead. The CEO of Ocean, Terry Glavaki, resigned out of nowhere, apparently. Uh, very surprising to everyone. It came up in the approval meeting about uh, Illich takeover. So they were sort of like asking them about what's up with that. And <laughs> the people who were working for Illich Holdings didn't have a good answer for that. So uh, I guess just a surprise to everyone. I, as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw the, the two things come out so close together, I was like, well, she just doesn't want to work there after the takeover. But <laughs> She hates Little Caesars. She's like, I'm not going to be there smelling Little Caesars freaking pizza all day. She has a grudge against Sergei Fedorov or something? Maybe. Maybe she just really hates the Russian Five. It's possible. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows what that is? But certainly surprising given, you know, her level of experience in Atlantic City and that Ocean was doing pretty well, which we'll talk about later with September data. But I mean, look, there's two possibilities. One is that she quit totally of her own volition, which it seems like is, is what you believe. There's the other possibility is... Like, I don't fully believe them. It could be that they kind of asked her to resign because they want to put their own person in, too. I, I have no idea. The reason I'm a little skeptical of that is because they have been doing well. I mean, mm-hmm. although, you know, the GM always wants to Still, hire their own coach. I mean, right. <laughs> but it, it's interesting to point out that Luxor Capital Group, who has been running right. Ocean, had no casino management experience before this. And it's done, like, pretty well, at least in terms of improving the gambling revenue and improving some other things about the Ocean. So give them some some credit as we move on to Illich, I guess. I hear that they've greatly improved their profits on expiration of comp dollars. So <laughs> Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's where all the money is, just expiring everybody's comps immediately. Yeah, then there's no downside to that strategy that I can think of. No, none. Customer loyalty, I mean, yes. 
All right. So Spiegel World is bringing in a show to Caesars in 2023. This is from a Wayne Perry article in the AP. I feel like we haven't mentioned uh, Old Wayne in all that. All that much it's thing. it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, I think we did somewhat recently, but it's certainly at a lot lower of a clip than it was early on in the do for a win catalog. That's true. So Spiegel World is the company, and I'll put this in quotes because you wrote it, famously behind Absinthe in Vegas, also hey. the Atomic Saloon show at Venetian and Opium at Cosmo. Absinthe is always one of the highest rated shows in Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that they were famously behind yeah. it, though. Yeah, they're like the production company. Sure. Caesars Atlantic City is also getting a new theater and a resident show in the first quarter of 2023. This project will incorporate the facade of the former Warner Theater from 1929, which is currently part of the casino's exterior facing the boardwalk. You say that you love seeing the Warner facade? Uh, I think I didn't know this until I read Dr. David G. Schwartz's book, Boardwalk Playground, that the Warner facade, I had never even, I don't think I'd ever even noticed it, except maybe just sort of like, oh, it's part of the Wild Old West. But the facade, the Warner Theater facade, is sort of part of the Western old-timey facade of Wild Old West, but it is actually the facade of the, the old Warner Theater. So cool to incorporate that i'm very interested to see how they do it and really what i'm absolutely interested to see is what's going on with this show because i went to absinthe in 2019 absolutely loved it so anything similar to that in ac i'm super excited about and ac doesn't really have this sort of thing right like there's no, no not surf, really there's no like anytime you go to borgata there's this show there anytime you go to caesar's there's this show there so um, you know, there used to be the like impersonator shows at either Bally's or resorts. This is just a whole other level of hopefully high level production and something that like really entices people to come to Caesars. And for me, who's been like begging for a Caesars refresh forever, like this is huge, huge news for me. I don't know why, but when you're talking about that, I was just reminded that. You know, I went to the, what was the Las Vegas Hilton the first couple times I went to Las Vegas, and their big show that they always had was like Terry Fader, I guess, oh, which, yeah. who was very popular. But when you said impersonations, I just remembered the ventriloquy show that he did. Yeah, I think he's still there. Yeah. That and always seeing all the advertisements, because I think uh, Donnie and Marie were at uh, Flamingo, yes. I want to say. Flamingo forever. And yes. they, they apparently hated each other. And that finally, the show finally ended. Mm. so you're super excited so why 2023 that seems like a long time from where we are right now like how much time does it take to put this together they gotta build a whole theater so you can't have the show until you have the theater that makes some sense uh so one cool thing absinthe it changes there's i think mm. you know there's like acrobatic acts and sort of like circus type acts in it and so if you go you know a year apart or two years apart you'll see different stuff you'll also see all the sophomore jokes from the gazillionaire and one really raunchy part that I'm, I'm assuming changes up every now and again. That was the only part of the show that I was like, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> but yeah, I'm hoping that this is similar where you're going to get a, a change up of acts and, and that it's interesting to go see. I don't know about the other two shows, Atomic Saloon Show and Opium. When I went to Absinthe, the reviews of Opium seemed kind of mixed, but then when this got announced, people seemed like they were excited about it because of all three of the Spiegel World shows. So Hopefully it's good. Yeah. Must see for me. 100% must see. We'll see if I go or not. I lean towards not. But I'll go alone. Honestly, I don't even care. Yeah. Except going alone, you risk being like, you know, picked out of the audience like an asshole. I guess that's true if you go with anyone. Yeah, I don't. Does it matter if you go alone or with people? It's more terrifying alone. If you're there with friends, at least your friends can laugh at you. If you're there by yourself, it's just like, 
No, there's no nobody even has the story to tell. <laughs> just your tears. Just yeah, just my. Tears. You can't just even crying. commiserate with anyone. Yeah, crying on stage, crying on the podcast afterwards. That's why I don't go to stand up comedy shows. Just want to, don't want to get picked on. Yeah. Well, September data's out. How was it? Thirty percent up year over year. I mean, that's what you expect because September was shortly after COVID in 2020. But after COVID, COVID's done, like guys. Yeah, it's done. It's it's done after the reopening. Unless I'm just totally missing something. The biggest brick-and-mortar September in Atlantic City since 2012. Seems like a big deal. I have just checked the numbers, and that does, in fact, seem correct, assuming our spreadsheet is correct, which is always 50-50. That's but... true. They also do, like, release corrections after the fact, which we never incorporate into no. the spreadsheet. Like, we don't go back and fix that. That's crazy. Absolutely, absolutely not. Bare minimum here, people. No, I think I, I think it's pretty safe. It looks like we're about $10 million up on the next highest month, which was 2013, so... I think it's pretty pretty safe. Yeah, hard to see that as anything but a big success. Proves yeah. that demand is quite high. I mean, the nice thing about how these casinos go is it's it's not like the stock market that jumps all over the place. Like these things, they they ramp up for a while and they ramp down, and this is definitely in a ramping up time. So if you've heard us say it in the last couple of months that we are thrilled with how everything's going and everything looks great, I mean, it's staying that way pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we did just talk about August data last episode which released a week ago, less than a week ago. So, so it is a little, a lot of the same. Uh, I think if anything, these numbers are actually a little better than... I think they're better, yeah. ...than last month's numbers in terms of how it compares to previous Septembers and what you would expect. Borgata was number one with 60 million. They're back up to 20% table game win percentage this month, which we said they were down under 10%. And so they were down closer to hard rock with hard rock creeping up on them now they you know this month they get a 19 million dollar gap so back to what you'd expect hard rock though 41 million dollars in an off-peak month i think that that's pretty much unheard of to crack 40 million dollars in a month that is not june july or august for any casino that is not borgata and i looked back and harris used to get into the 30s but even that was like the low 30s and i'm not talking i don't know about you know 1980 whatever during the 90s when like the Taj was dominating but since we've been looking for the last decade basically almost 40 million in a non-summer month is a crazy high number so very good to see for hard rock and we talked about hard rock you know they've been very good the last few months they've got to be really happy with the numbers and i remember when they opened we were saying like yeah the numbers are okay but if you had told them they were going to open with whatever it was in the 20s when they open, they would probably say that's not really that great. Now, I think they're at numbers where they'd probably be pretty happy with what they're getting. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, Hard Rock is doing fantastic. And then Ocean, distant third at $29 million, which it sounds like, oh, they're $12 million behind Hard Rock. They're less than half of Borgata. But even $29 million for off-peak, like that's a really high number. Even in like the history of doing this podcast, that would be a very high number for off-peak. So Ocean is also doing well. And then you've got a lot of the other casinos in the 20s and then you go down to you know the resorts and valleys and golden I don't, I don't know if 29 million is that great i feel like caesar's harrah's were in that range for a long time even in like may or, or september so i'm not quite as impressed <laughs> yeah caesar's was in the 30s and at times yeah, yeah. caesar's and harrah's used to be like kind of by far the number two and three in the old days so yeah, and they were both, like, right around 30, I think, a lot in, in those kind of, like, shoulder months or whatever. Yeah, they started to fall off a little in 2018. So yeah, it's not no. that long ago that they that they were in the 30s. So, okay, fine. Good month for everything. 
for everyone. I don't have anything negative to say about any casino, really. I mean, Golden Nugget at $12.9 million. Not Not the greatest ever, but... I hear they're making money hand over fist and online, so it doesn't really matter what they do in the brick and mortar, honestly. Yeah, and then uh, over a billion dollars wagered on sports in New Jersey. Yep. The first time that's ever happened in any state. New Jerseyans like to bet on the sports and it's football season, so. Speaking of which, we're missing Monday Night Football. We have the Titans in 33. For all we know, they are scoring 33 points on the Buffalo Bills Allow me to do some clicky It's 23-13. It's, they're not out of it. 23-17, according yeah, 17. to... Yes, sorry, 17. That's more points than I thought they were going to score. It could happen. We have the Ravens next week, by the way. That's already been said. Oh, that sounds promising. It does. Anyway, if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our great content and buy a shirt at do for a win.com. Send Craig messages on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig some questions via email to do for a win at gmail.com and maybe we will read them on air. Any last words, Craig? I don't think so. I mean, I got to keep looking at my win slots running over here on my phone. So I haven't actually been paying attention at all during this episode, but <laughs> that's fair. Have you gotten any big hits? I don't even know. Is, is there big hits in win slots? I assume so. I think it's spun about 400 times during this episode, and I have like almost the same amount of chips as I did at the start, which is exactly what you want. That's good. But I'm not earning any of the necessary gems to actually book something. You can now get Encore Rooms on the win slots, though, and they're like a billion gems. You'll never be able to get an Encore Room on the Only win slots. Wins. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Boardwalk Empire time. No more win slots talk. I promise. <laughs> How about, can you take get rooms at the Encore Boston? No. Only Vegas? They should at uh, Encore Boston Harbor. I keep thinking I want to go, not to Encore, but I keep thinking I want to go to the Connecticut casinos at some point. Yeah. I'd like to go to Cherokee. That's the other direction. That is the other direction, but that's are my kind of out-of-state casinos I want to go to, if it's not Atlantic City or Vegas. I should take the train in one of these days that you're taking off, and we can just go to uh, Harris-Chester. I don't really want to go to Harris Chester. Boo. Fine. I would just stop at Horseshoe on the way. <laughs> Whatever. Actually, I went to Horseshoe. I should we should have talked about this on the show. I went to Horseshoe last week and it was completely empty. It was Tuesday what? at like oh, noon, okay. but like completely empty. Did you break your losing streak? No. Uh did you get lots of whatever credits for just walking in the door? $4,000 of reward credits for getting 10 tier points. So yes, basically. Wait, $4,000 of reward credits or 4,000 rewards? 4,000 reward credits. Yeah, okay, so $40. Yes. Okay. It cost me $100 to get those 10 tier credits because I was playing, you know, some just like 96% double-double bonus. Their video poker awful. is heinous. It's bad. That's the last word. Before Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Boardwalk Empire was sort of everywhere and yet nothing really seemed to happen. <laughs> I guess we got to see some buildup of like more strife between Nucky and Chalky. I feel like this Dr. Narcisse person sort of like stirring up Chalky's insecurities about his role in the world yeah. by calling him a follower all the time, which he obviously was in the episode. A servant, I guess, is, is how he put it. Yeah, not just a follower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we found out that the new FBI guy who killed the other fbi guy uh last episode is working for j edgar hoover got to meet him which i was surprised he was doing stuff 
that long ago, but I guess it makes sense. It's the timetables probably do just about work out. So uh, we get to see more of Harrow and his sister, which I didn't notice was pregnant last episode, but is very, very pregnant. It seems like Harrow is pretty much done with the killing. Has totally lost the will to do it, but somehow I suspect he'll he'll get it back. I don't know exactly what's going on with at the end getting the phone call from the guy's office that he had murdered or that he didn't murder but was supposed to yeah that was the guy who was hired to kill and he didn't kill him yeah he's done with the killing for now he's probably gonna have to do some killing to get get out of some whatever yeah i have no idea where that story is going it was sort of all over the place and then we got a lot of van alden doing nothing doing nothing fighting for both obanion and al capone but then he seems like such a weird character he's almost like frankenstein's monster like you know walking around just like fighting he's not a good character he was a good character in like the first season and now it's just what they've done with him is very weird yeah side note frankenstein's monster in the book super intelligent very well spoken not you know, walking around with his arms out like, ah, kill. Like Van Alden basically does. Yeah. Like, like, so that's what Van Alden is. Not, you know, going to come at you with some psychological warfare and then kill your wife on your wedding night, which is spoilers, massive spoilers for this 200-year-old book, Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. So that, yeah, I mean, I think those are the big things. It seems like Dr. Narcisse is sort of maybe the big bad of this season, possibly. Although then it's, you know, so the deal was... He was the boss of the guy that Dunn Pernsley killed. That's the guy's uh-huh. name we can remember last time. That Dunn Pernsley killed. It was a nice touch, killing the girl and dropping them off at the new construction site. It was well done by him. Yeah. I, I do have the to mayor's say. The construction site, no less. Yes. Uh, so he gets like 10% of the profit. He negotiates with Nucky effectively for 10% of the profit. And then, I don't know, like he seems like a big asshole but then also like he does kill that guy's wife he's not like totally believing her bullshit doesn't like the mixing craig that was <laughs> yeah, very oh, clear about yeah, that there's a lot going on there once a lot of racial purity i guess it's very important for him he does doesn't seem like a nice guy <laughs> yeah i mean like the nice thing about him compared to jip is like whatever he's like some learned like intelligent man like at least there can be some like clever writing around him it's just the opposite of jip yeah who just wanted to get no he's not interesting well, really fucking not yet anyway yeah i yeah it'll be interesting to see where that goes if that's going to be the main storyline the one big thing for me is like this is really a chalky season so far it feels like yeah no it, it probably will be it seems like it's it's going to be a lot of chalky and a, a lot of uh, oh my goodness I don't remember his name Nucky's actual servant. It's true, Eddie. Eddie, yes. Yeah, he got a that promotion. was nice. All the Eddie parts were nice. I have to say, you get shot for Nucky, get a promotion. You get a promotion. Did anything else jump out at you in the episode? Not really. Surprisingly, little happened. Really, it's true. Baltimore guy from the second episode of the show <laughs> is back, and I mean, he oh, always boy. comes back for like one minute just to do and something. It's always that the makes most uncomfortable minute of your life. Yeah, like rubbing Chalky's head for luck, and Chalky's like, "Oh, I clearly hate this." Yes. Um, but you know, he can't just turn around and kill that guy because it's his club. So the Baltimore guy, he's the worst. He's the worst. I was listening to another podcast, and. That's not allowed. I know. What am I doing? And they were t- they just talked about a line from the first episode of the season, which is the the Rothstein line about all men's problems come from not being able to sit in a room quietly by themselves. So it is, yeah, it's weird that that came up. Classic AR, as what's his name calls him, Meyer. All right. I don't have much else to add. 
Yeah. Oh, anyway. we're just over. Yes, we are the over. 10, 20 p.m. over under that was set before the show. <sighs> Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll get back with another episode in a couple weeks. We should go to Vegas as soon as I get some win rooms. <laughs> I can go anytime before Thanksgiving. By the time I can get a room, it'll be like next Thanksgiving. That's probably fine. <laughs> I could probably go anytime. <laughs>